This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Butumelo and Soko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Bitumelo Nzoko. The scenario is all too common. A once successful family business falters as soon as the founder hangs up their cap. But there are also plenty of these enterprises that have survived the generational transition. So what's the difference between these two scenarios? The key may be succession planning. Rika Snell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth, joins us on this episode to discuss the importance of succession planning and key points to consider when looking to the future. Welcome, Rikis. Thank you to me and thank you for the opportunity. Rikis, could you please explain to us why succession planning is so important for family businesses? Yes, to me, I, th- I think um, I, I like to compare or to use the uh, the farm or farming example with something that people can relate to in, when explaining uh, succession planning, in particular with a family business. Now, um, if you take farming, obviously it's very costly to build up a farm. It's built up over years. Uh, there's many invaluable lessons learned from generation and passed on to generations over time uh, from the region or the weather, the the cultivars or the um, whatever farming they, they actually are involved with. And those things come with time. Uh, now, it's never easy to farm, but over time, it does get easier as farmers manage to work down debt um, when there's more experience in, in that particular field, some sunk costs that's already been been paid in terms of infrastructure, et cetera. And then obviously scale makes a difference. So um, in many instances, farming is a way of life. And uh, in many instances, it's like leaving a legacy. Uh, in many instances, providing for uh, financial dependence. And it's also a big sense of achievement if you end up on the other side as a successful farmer. Now, all of these, what I explained, is quite tragic if uh, this buildup and momentum is actually broken and ended uh, because of, let's say, death, illness, or because of age by the original owner. So, and, and unfortunately, without proper financial planning, this is the outcome. And currently worldwide, this number of um, family businesses that reaches the third generation, not even survives the, the, the third generation, just makes it to the, th- the third generation is only 12%. And many uh, family business owners bank on the idea of selling. So if there's not a succession or a line of succession from a family point of view, uh, they, in many instances, bank on the idea that the, the business can be sold. And unfortunately, uh, something like 95, that's a statistic from uh, Auric South Africa, is uh, the 95% of, of businesses never sell which is a, is a very high percentage of the succession failure, also linked to that business owner's uh, retirement plan. So the two goes hand in hand, uh, retirement planning and succession planning in, in essence is all the same thing. Now, Rikas, when is it the ideal time to start succession planning? To me, the short answer is to start uh, with it today because it will always involve the transition period. Uh, even if someone just go and write down uh, their cross-generational uh, vision and objectives for that business or for their family, uh, whatever the case might be. And I think these objectives and the vision that someone then pen, pen down uh, eventually forms the backbone and the roadmap 
of what someone would achieve. And and uh, quite interesting, uh, quite a few years ago, I already mentioned that we're so short-term focused. And when you start uh, thinking about cross-generational planning and wealth planning uh, and succession planning, it's quite interesting that instead of a couple of years, short-term cross-generational uh, focus is one one generation. Medium term is, is then most probably two generations and long term is three generations plus. And it, and it just shows you how perhaps our thinking should adapt when we start thinking about cross-generational succession planning. And how do you start the conversation with your family about it? Yeah, so there's actually professionals that, that focus on this um, and they are called accredited family business consultants which deals with this uh, on a daily basis and obviously very skilled. They, they probably got a, a good uh, attained of psychologist nature as well because they obviously deal with the, the family member. But what needs to happen is the, the initial family owner, business owner uh, that starts planning in terms of this line of succession needs to identify these uh, these objectives and as soon as those are um, identified those objectives should be discussed with one of these professionals um, these professionals will uh, help them formalize a process of uh, initiating and forming a family constitution uh, which is a formal document which uh, lay out and set out a, a set of rules by which the family in designed by the family and agreed by all these family members, then basically abide by whether the initial founders are then still alive and involved or not. It's a very delicate process. You're obviously dealing with people from different backgrounds, depending on, on uh, you know, how big this family is, people with different business and life aspirations, uh, with different capacities in terms of business acumen, etc. These sets of rules is basically to help this family to endure during times of challenges, making certain decisions, etc. And to be very clear on underlying the success of any family business, basically rest on the uh, the matter on, on the business performance itself, which obviously be suboptimally if the family are ununified. And then secondly, how well and how quickly uh, family matters and disputes and distractions are basically uh, resolved. So it's it's a it's a formalized process. As I said, it includes something like the family vision, family mission. There's a culture and and set of values in there, and and a numerous uh, forms of policies that actually provides these guidelines. As I said, these are in the hands of qualified family business consultants rather than in, in necessarily in the financial advisors. You mentioned a family constitution. What else goes into developing a good succession plan? Yeah, so I think what, what I'm referring to today is, is slightly, uh, I almost want to say the second level of succession planning for probably a bigger family business uh, than, than just one where we, we would actually refer to a will, a, a proper fun functioning will legal will that will move a family business into different structures, let's say out of a family owner's personal estate. It can include, but it's 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 also uh, already when this family business has been moved into a, let's say, company structure, hold it all by a holding trust, etc. So the tools that we generally use 
in um, in in succession planning in terms of key man and and uh, buy and sell agreements, key man insurance, contingency um, or contingent liability insurance, etc. This is almost like the second layer of those already. So um, in a way, um, this is this is almost like high level, especially when when it's quite certain that there's a cross-generational wealth succession plan needed instead of just one passing on to a second generation. And after that, the, the assets and the benefits would have been consumed. How can you ensure a smooth implementation of this plan? And what, if any, external support should families enlist? I know you mentioned the consultants earlier, but um, should you then include your family financial planner into, into this process as well? Yeah, so for me, the family business consultant, as I say, this is their bread and butter. This is what they deal with on a daily basis. And I see them basically as the conductor of this process. Uh, you, you can imagine what, uh, what, was, uh, what sort of intellectual uh, property over time they've built up and experience in, uh, in setting up that framework that we refer to. But I would expect that um, with a process like this, it's beneficial to have the family legal representation in there, to have the f- uh, family accountants and auditors in there, uh, and obviously the financial uh, family financial advisor uh, to actually to focus on all of these aspects while, while this framework and the organization is actually put together, uh, pointing out certain pitfalls, uh, especially um, someone like a tax expert. You would have expected that perhaps from, from uh, an accountant or auditor, but a, a lot of the time this runs into a, a cross-border tax specialization, which again is uh, in, in some instance necessary for assets hold across in, in, in different jurisdictions. And then from an estate planning perspective, what the, the owner need to do? From an estate planning point of view, as I said, this is almost like the second layer of succession planning. So the first would have been to focus on what, uh, what, or to minimise the estate, uh, let's say, duty and capital gains tax implication in in terms of of death of the initial owner. Uh, that would have been taken care of by the by this stage, uh, and that these assets that are left. For, for multiple uh, and cross generations thereafter, uh, you would have expected to have been moved into the um, suitable structures already and that it would be out of the individual's um, personal estate. Earlier on, you mentioned that when you're having this conversation with your family, some of the children may have different career aspirations. How does this then change the succession plan when one of the children who was selected to take over the reins shows no interest in going into the family business? So I think this is the this is really the challenge. So if you if you look at private uh, family businesses instead of public uh, public companies, for instance. In family businesses, the shareholders and the beneficiaries, in, uh, the, even the the custodians, the trustees, uh, and also the management end up, a lot of the time, end up to be the same individuals. And it's quite hard to separate. And this is where the complexities really start. But it's hard to, uh, to separate. It's not impossible, but it is difficult to separate the interest and the management of these um, of these uh, organizations and I think this is where where I find the con- those consultants invaluable because they they base in that constitution and that framework they basically need to get to a balance of people and and family members working in the organization 
whilst benefiting uh, versus members or let's call it non-participating family members, but also having to benefit. And I think that is the difficult thing uh, to reach. And that's why I don't lay that responsibility or that expertise necessarily in front of an accountant uh, or a lawyer or a financial advisor. I think it's a particular skill set where people over time understand that every family is different Every business is different and really to um, having the, the, the expertise of having these right conversations uh, that you can actually identify what are these objectives and understanding which, which family member, um, where every family member are in terms of those aspirations. But I think it's actually a very common phenomenon to, um, to expect that not, not all your children will go into your family business. Uh, and then the other common phenomenon is that most founders of those businesses would like the children perhaps to, to have benefits in an equal and equitable way. Can you maybe give us an idea of how you can maybe ensure that, that your, your children have some kind of benefit? One way would be to, and it's not always that possible, but the idea is to, to separate uh, the running of that business uh, versus the, the benefits that the business actually produces because the benefits can be shared equally, but not necessarily the responsibility from, from that business. So it's reaching a balance in terms of if that business would have been an independent business and individuals having roles of uh, responsibilities and benefits as as employees versus then um, having benefits on an equal manner uh, from being a beneficiary of the family and the family wealth. And then, uh, as I said, I think reaching that balance is, is, uh, is the challenge. And what other key points should we consider? The biggest point on, on this or the biggest challenge or objective of uh, any succession plan, in particular with family businesses, is to unify the family. And, and that's why that constitution really f- forms the, the foundation and the cornerstone of, of reaching that. So it, it, um, it, it does document and arrange um, people's their expectations to a big extent of how they would like this um, this uh, this organization to succeed and and what are the benefits that they would actually so it's a process of where everyone uh, are able to um, to to take part in this process um, and it's for all stakeholders making sure that it's a, an inclusive conversation um, uh, because if if it's if it's not uh, the, the, there's no use having all of that uh, all of this um, process going and you you're unable to unify the family uh, trying to uh, sustain the business into a second or third generation the, the main objective has to be to keep the family together thank you so much Rikus that was Rikus now who is a certified financial planner at PSG wealth thanks for listening to the money savvy podcast hosted by Bitumelo and Soko. To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.